G'day gang, welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 895. This is a replay episode of my interview with Gary Bishop. He's the author of Unfuck Yourself and a few other books. I hope you enjoy. G'day gang, welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Lee Martin here, the host of the show, The Hidden Why Guy, here to inspire you to live your life with greater passion and purpose. To do that, guys, it's really, for me, all about connecting with him. It's about discovering my why and using that to develop and evolve my life compass that I can use to navigate my life with great purpose towards living with more freedom, fulfillment and happiness. I hope by the interviews that I do here and the thoughts that I share at The Hidden Why that I can inspire you to do the same, that I can give you and share with you some insight and some value that you can take away and incorporate into your own lives. Not everything may resonate with you, but for whatever you can take away that is good, for the quality of your life and the improvement and the progress, then I hope it is of value. Guys, today I'm bringing you a replay episode. It's a great episode, chock-a-block full of value, so I hope you enjoy it. Just a reminder, if you do enjoy this podcast today or any of the other ones that you might be listening to, that you could do me a favor and just share it out with your family. Share the love. You can use the Twitter link, the Facebook link, whatever other social media platforms that you prefer to share good content. Use that link and that is a great way, a great favor to um, yeah, share the, the content here at The Hidden Why. Also, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast or whatever app you're using. Just press the subscribe button. And also subscribe to my newsletter, guys. I don't bombard you with uh, emails. I send out one newsletter a week just to remind guests or, or people what shows I'm bringing about. And also uh, a couple of little insightful and inspiring thoughts in each of those emails as well. So make sure you subscribe online there at thehiddenwhy.com. Guys, if you have any thoughts for me, any questions directly for me, or any comments about the show, you can always leave your comments in the comments field for each of the shows in the show notes. And you can also reach me through Facebook and Twitter and also my email address, thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com, which is available online at my website. Guys, that's really it from me. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you get some value from it. If you've already listened to it, well... Uh, perhaps you'd like to listen to it again or maybe there's another episode that you could tune into guys for whatever the case live your life as you truly desire keep searching for what matters keep searching for passion and live your life as beautifully as you can as happily as you can that's what it's all about for me and I hope you can do the same as well thank you guys we'll chat at the other end Gary are you there? yeah hey how are you? hey how- I'm great Okay. How are you? Mate, I'm really well. It's uh, a beautiful Friday morning here, just coming out the end of summer. Where about to you? You said you're traveling, are you? I am. So I'm, I'm based in Florida, but I'm in San Francisco right now um, for a week. So I'm a little out of sorts because my body's used to a three-hour time difference. Is this, sorry, what? Used to what? There's a, a, there a three-hour time difference, so uh. my body's a out of sorts, you know. Okay, okay. What are you doing in... So you're from Florida and you're currently where, sir? I'm, I'm in San Francisco. San Francisco. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you speaking to us there I'm, for your book or...? Oh, I'm, I'm actually filming a course here with a company called Creative Life. Right, okay. So I've written a 10-session course that I'm going to be... Uh, we're going to be filming it and editing it and making it look really good and then... Uh, and then because they've got this company has a couple of million subscribers that they bring certain people in and film these classes and then you can their subscribers can sign up for them cool okay and what's the course all about um the course is about uh self-sabotage so it's about finding out it's about discovering for yourself what is that mechanism for self-sabotage why does it do what it does what's its intent what's the intention what's the purpose because um, it's not just some quirk of nature. Okay. There is there is a purpose behind it, and I reveal the purpose, and then I actually demonstrate alternatives to getting caught in that trap. Right. Well, look, I, I think that'll be a part of our conversation today, and, and along with your new book, which is titled "Unfuck Yourself." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is is really what uh, intrigued me. I love I love catchy titles like that. Um, yeah. So unfuck yourself get out of your head and into your life. So it's certainly something that I love and, and self-sabotage is actually um, something that I've just recorded recently. My own, I do a solo show here at The Hidden Why where I sort of uh, yep. ramble on with my own thoughts and that's something that I've talked about and written about as well in the past. So uh, certainly some interesting topics, but 
Now, you, you're obviously from Scotland originally, and tell us a little bit about yourself. What What is your history, and, and um, what do you do now? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty unremarkable human being, you know. I mean, I like I've that. lived pretty pretty a pretty normal everyday kind of existence. Well, certainly normal for Scotland. So, like, my father was an alcoholic, and my mom raised the kids on her own, and uh, and the usual kind of who had it goes with that, right? Um, and there was a lot of upset and drama, and you know, just so much of that growing up when I was a kid. But it just seemed normal. It seemed like all the other families were doing it too. And I'm I'm actually from Glasgow in Scotland. Right. Yeah. And I'm from, I'm from the east end of Glasgow, which is like the side of the tracks where they stole the tracks. Um, and so my 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 upbringing was pretty unremarkable. I had three older sisters. And then, you know, I kind of did one job and then another job and then one job. But I was always really a musician. I loved the whole idea of being a musician. So in my mid-20s, I just quit everything and packed everything that I owned in a backpack and I headed for the United States. And uh, I, got a, I got a record deal. I made, uh, made four albums and toured a bit. And, but again, I was like most of the other things I'd done in my life, I was pretty unremarkable at that too. <laughs> so... Um, but in my, I hit my late 30s, and I'd, I'd started a small construction company. I was married. I had one son yeah. um, at that point in my life. And uh, a relative of mine said, you know, I think you should go do this personal development course. And I, I immediately just rolled my eyes, you know, and I said, uh, I'm not doing your stupid course. You know, I mean, I just... <laughs> Here you are about to film something along those lines. Right, exactly, right. And I just thought, what a bunch of nonsense, you know. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, he said, I'll pay for it. And I said, okay, when is it? So off I went and did the course. And it was remarkable. It was eye-opening. Suddenly I could see myself in ways. I mean, like most people, you know, I think we all think we know ourselves to whatever degree we do. But suddenly stuff was getting revealed to me about myself that explained a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Like an example become, of, of something that, that sort yeah, of was Yeah, yeah. So, so I, was, I was 40 and I was certainly realizing that this wasn't turning out how I'd started, started this journey, you know. And I'd always looked upon myself as this kind of sensitive, compassionate, loving kid, you know. And I'd become this single-minded, hardworking asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like, well, how, how did I get here? You know, I mean, I, I, I still assert, you know, nobody gets up in the morning and says, all right, today I'm going to be a total asshole. But, <laughs> but you know. But, Some but people we, might. <laughs> but, well, you know, there'd be few and far between. Yeah. Most people don't wake up with that in mind. But we end up there. You know, we end up being and acting in those ways. So as soon as I'd started that pathway, and it was it was this, it wasn't like knowing new things about myself because I already knew a ton of stuff about myself that made no difference. It was an awareness. It was I was seeing myself for the first time, and um, and not only was it impacting the quality of my life when I was doing this, and this was again I was probably in my late thirties, early forties. But I started to realize that I had this ability to give it away to people, so to kind of share it with people in such a way that they were getting impacted by it. And so uh, in very short order, I, be- I became a senior program director for one of the world's biggest personal development companies. I traveled all over the world delivering and facilitating programs um, 32 weeks of the year. And I was, you know, without being too arrogant about it, I guess. I was I was really good at it, and I was very, very successful at it. But I quit for two reasons. The main reason was I wanted to be with my children. But yep. knowing a way in the background of uh, in my head was that I'm delivering somebody else's message. Hmm. So, um, so I spent a year, a year that, quite frankly, I couldn't afford. I, didn't, I mean, I'm not a wealthy man or anything, but... I spent a year um, reading, writing, talking to people, and then I launched my own um, personal coaching business, which, I mean, almost from the get-go was just awesome. It was really successful. 
I mean, my calendar was packed. Um, I didn't really have to look for clients. Had tons of people coming to me. And, how, how did you uh, manage that's to I, do that? Like, how did you manage to you know well, sort of hit the ground running? Because there's a lot of people that listen well, to this show that are coaches or um, yeah, like myself, you know, that um, yeah, are starting out and. Well, yeah, there was a couple of things, Lee. So one was obviously I'd made a name for myself in, in that particular company hmm. and people knew of me and had heard of me, which was good. But one of the things that I found was when I did work with a client, one of the things that I'll never ask a client to do is refer me people. Okay, I don't ask clients to do that. I don't have to. I really feel as if, and again, you know, I know that might sound terribly arrogant, but it's really not. My intention with every client is that I'm going to flip their life on its head. And um, when you do that with somebody, when you're able to do that with someone, when you're able to guide them to something that they never thought they could, they can't shut up about it. Yeah. And so, so you know, my, my, my calendar just filled up really fast. And then, you know, when I wrote the book, I, I really only wrote the book just to kind of provide good evidence for what I was doing, you know, really to say to people, yeah, I'm this guy and I've written his book. I didn't think that it would do what it did. You know, I self-published it initially and it sold uh, a little over 30,000 copies in four months. Okay. When did you publish it? Self-publish it? Last year, last October. Okay. So self-published, yep. Yeah. And then I got this flurry of interest from uh, publishers. So I thought I should probably get myself an agent. So I did, I, I, and I signed, a, I signed an agreement with that Jenny Bent, who's one of the top literary agents around. Okay, so with, with that, just, just stop there for a second. With the self-publishing, I'll probably do this throughout our interview, but um, yeah, yeah. when you decided to self-publish, I mean, did you have like a, a already large following through your, your, your platform or um, yeah. what, how, did, how did you manage to sell 30,000? Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. So, um, you know, I'm not like a marketer or anything. You know, I don't, I'm not like some kind of marketing genius or something. I just did what I thought I should do, basically. And I really put a lot of it down to beginner's mind. You know, I just didn't see many obstacles in terms of like uh, how to gain an audience. I knew, so I, I opened up a Facebook, which I know a lot of coaches do that, right? They're like, I'll open up a Facebook page. But it's one of those things, you know, if you build it, they won't come, right? So they actually will not show up on your Facebook page. So uh, what I did was I built the Facebook page, and then I started to strategize how to get people uh, to like it. Yep. And so I spent a few hundred bucks doing little boosts and little ads to just get some likes going. But I treated it like a science. I was really meticulous about it. And uh, eventually, I found an ad that worked that I could I could actually have somebody like my page for pennies, mm. which is usually pretty unusual. Usually, it's, you know, you're anywhere between fifty cents and a dollar in the United States for a like. I was getting it for between two and four cents. Wow! It's through the wording of the ad and the way that I did it, and again, it was really it took me probably four months to work that out. And then I built another strategy, which was a strategy for having people stay with a page. So I had a strategy for people coming to the page and a strategy for people staying with the page. Now, I wasn't selling them anything. It wasn't my intention. I just wanted to have an environment where people could come together and talk about things. But I really felt as if I had to do what it said. And I wanted my page to inspire people and it make them think. Yeah. So my, my, my style is a little confrontational, you know. In fact, it's very confrontational. But, um, but, but there was a certain number of people who were just really attracted to that style. So I just kept, I stayed with that. And the page started with, well, started with no people on it. And then I could see it growing. It went to like 1,000 and 2,000. And then, and then I just thought, well, and again, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, but I plowed every penny that I had in the advertising that page until I got fifty thousand people on it. Well, how much money would you would you estimate you spent? I probably spent. 
I mean, I say not a lot. It was everything at the time, right? So over the course of six months, I probably spent about four thousand hmm. dollars, something like that. Okay. Which was fifty thousand followers. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, and then as soon as I got them, I I just thought, well, this would be a good time to do the book. So I kept the ads going. The coaching business was going pretty well. I wrote the book. The book took longer than I thought. You know, I was it. Boy, this arrogance of mine. But I, anyway, I thought I could do it in like three months. It took like eight months, <laughs> right? That's, um, that's pretty good going too. I mean, I've just finished writing a book. It's edited, but um, it's still not published, and it's probably still another six months from being published. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was really – I had something really particular in mind, Lee. You know, I had something – like I, wa- I wanted the book to be like a pocket battleship. Right, where you could just open it up and it would, bam, like right between the eyes, you'd get something right in that page. And, you know, because I've got a lot of theories and methodologies and concepts and abstractions, I've got tons of that stuff. But I just felt as if that it, that it had been done a lot in this industry. It's been done a lot. And I, I just thought, you know, I think I want to try and I want to see if I can cut through it. And my original intention was to sell 2,000 copies. And I remember when I actually came up with that number, um, I had somebody who was editing the book for me, and they said they felt as if 2000 was pretty adventurous for mm. a published book in that category. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to go for it anyway. I've got 1,000 people. If I can sell 2,000 copies, that's that would be pretty great. But the amazing thing was the book – wasn't really sold through Facebook. And that was the thing that shocked me eventually. It was like the book kind of got it noticed, right? And when I say noticed, it sold a few thousand copies at the beginning. But then it was like the people who were buying it told other people that they bought it and then they bought two copies for their brother and their aunt. Yeah, I mean, you can give your aunt a book with that title. Um, And... (laughs) And, and, you know, it was really it really was remarkable the way that it spread. And then I started to get people showing up in the Facebook page who had never even seen me online. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And But even then, when it was all happening, I was still very, um, I don't know, I was just very, you know, I, I still didn't think it was it was going to do what it eventually did. Mm. And even now. You know, it's still the same. I mean, the the book, the sales of the book, in fact, since we went with a major publisher, are up. So sales have gone up again. And um, even the publishers thought that the biggest seller of the book would be the audio book because I narrated it. Yeah. And people like an accent, apparently. But anyway, um, it's not the the hardcover outsells the audio book over and over and over every week. So it's been remarkable. It's been really um, interesting. And of course, you know, given the nature of a human being, my concern now drifts to, can I do it again? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, fair uh, enough. What's, um, I yeah. mean, it, it's pretty fascinating. And, you know, we, we often hear about, you know, Facebook marketing, Instagram, and everyone's trying to yeah. sell us a course to, to do this sort of stuff. I mean, did you yeah. do any course or did you just sort of yeah. search and, and no. figure it out yourself? Yeah, I refused to do that stuff. It was when I said I was going to write a book, I had a relative buy me a book on writing a book. I still haven't read it. <laughs> and I'm not going to read it, read it because one of my one of the things that I really live by is to give myself an opportunity to address something as it is, not from any particular angle, but rather the way that it shows up for me. Mm. So that's how I came at the book. Writing the book for me was a was just like a discovery. I was like finding stuff out about myself, about books, and I was I loved it. You know, I loved it. And I'm not a writer per se. Well, I wasn't. I am. I guess I am now. But um, but it was really like it wasn't until I started to get into it and discovered some of the nuances and some of the ways to have the book speak and then inform and then speak and then inform. And then the same with the Facebook thing. I just all that stuff just seems like a bunch of BS to me, you know. Yeah. I really, I, you know, my my 
philosophy, if you like, is two, two, well, I guess three things, but they're all based in the same thing. But anyway, existentialism, ontology, and phenomenology. Now, one that's always curious to me is this thing, phenomenology, and I'm not a philosopher. I mean, I've met a couple, but they're just really smart and they confuse the crap out of me. But I've, I've read a bunch of it and, and kind of took some stuff away from those particular uh, branches of philosophy. And the one, the one about um, phenomenology was, I find is really useful, to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Phenomenology is, and I'll say this in a really base way, but it's, it's the as-lived experience of something. So it's like not it's when I it's when I engage with something or maybe even someone distinct from my already existing set of biases and perceptions. When I actually just engage with this thing as itself. And so when I was writing the book, I was constantly imagining what it would be like to read it. And so I could and I and I'm I've gotten pretty good at listening to myself like listening to my little triggers and my little, you know, the little kind of things that hook me. And so I just started to address them as I was writing it. You know, I would, and what I've since found out from people that have read the book, they said, you know, one of the cool things about your book is like, I'd be reading a bit and I'd have a thought. And then like 30 seconds later, you address what I just thought. Hmm. And that was very deliberate on my part. I wanted people, I wanted to get myself connected to as lived experience of reading this book that's pretty good and yeah yeah and it was and it was pretty it was it was really revealing to me on one hand and and you know i can i knew what people would say about this book. i, I knew that it was going to go two ways you were either going to love this book or you thought it was going to be a total pile of crap mm. and there was, and that's how it is if you read the reviews that's how it is i mean you know, 90% of the reviews are, they, they think it's great. But the ones that don't like it, like, they really don't like it. You know, it's not like, well, it was okay. You know, no, this is terrible. I mean, they, you know, they shredded it. And, and I knew that would happen with a certain kind of personality type, particularly people who are analytical. Mm. They, It's not deep enough for them. There needs It needs to be more complex. So okay. they couldn't get... They couldn't get hooked by. It. So anyway, I knew that that would be there. So, but it was really. Um, and I think that was really, the case for whatever you produce, whoever you are. I mean, you're gonna yeah. have that that audience that just doesn't connect with your your voice, and, yeah. and hopefully the people that do are already there because they like your voice. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems to be kind of going that way, much to uh, much to everyone's uh, delight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, what about the title itself? I mean, do you think that's played a big part in 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 getting in getting your book yeah. out there? I mean, obviously, the content sounds like it's it's been created well and, and got good intent and purpose. But um, yeah, how how big a part do you think the title plays? Because it is a very catchy title. It is, um, but if you go on to Amazon, which I did, I, I looked at Amazon a lot. There's a lot of really catchy titles in there. In fact, ones that are even better than mine. Um, but I. I one of the reasons why I chose that title is because I use that word a lot. I mean, really, I mean, I just, I use that word all the time, you know? I mean, my wife hates it, but I I use that word all the time. Um, And, and you know, I I think it got at some kind of initial curiosity, but, um, but I think when people opened up the book, they found some value in it for themselves. And so I think it was a nice way to kind of get, push the door open yeah but that but that it went the way that it went we, I, I assert was done to what people found when they got into it and i think yeah i mean you said that you know with with the marketing it wasn't the facebook necessarily it was just the word of mouth and i think that that comes yeah. from when people pick up your book open the pages read something and go wow uh, and then have yeah. to talk about it and um i think that's what makes it a clever book and you know my my fear with publishing my book is that no one's going to read it and and my content is just yeah. shit and worthless um, yeah, you know, and I guess and it might be. It might absolutely be. Um, yeah, so be it. I think. Well, there's something I think you need to, and I'm not saying this like an expert, like I know, but I remember the shit. I still have those thoughts, but anyway, um, one of the things that kept driving me when I was writing this book was um, like I wasn't 
And this is really challenging, I think, for a human being. Because at fun, a fundamental level, I think, for each of us, there's some drivenness to be admired, right? And I think it's, you know, it's there for all human beings at whatever level. And it gets exposed. And I think the more you notice it, the more you might be able to set it aside. And, and I did notice it a lot when I was writing this book. I was noticing, like... Oh, you know, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Well, I can't say that. I'll piss people off, or I can't do this because people won't like that or this. And I did that at the beginning. Then I just stopped myself, and I just thought, this is bullshit. This is a terrible way to write. Imagining what people are not going to like. And so I really came from right. I was cutting asking, cutting out the bullshit of your own your own voice. Right, and and I was really I was really starting to get. I mean, I, I just came to the conclusion that I want to write something that, that I would read. And that's what I, that's my whole editing of that book, Lee, was just, would I read this? Would I read this? Would I read this? Would I read this? And as long as I stay true to that, then, you know, let the cards fall where they may. How do you, I mean, that's an interesting, I like it. I think it makes sense. Like, would I read this book? And, and if I looked at my work, I mean, we've got that bias there, yeah? Oh, yeah, of course I'd read my work. It's, it's brilliant. Um, but there's also that, that shadow of, of self-doubt or self-sabotage, I guess, that, that inner critic yeah. would say, no, I wouldn't read my book. This is, you know, rubbish. It, it's, yeah. or, or, you know, it's just too known. Like the stuff that I write yeah. about, I already know. Like it's my, my voice. Of course I'm not going to read yeah. it. Like why would I waste my time? Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I like to do is, um, you know, I had this kind of general picture in my head of the kind of people who would read it, right? So it was a general picture. So like an avatar, an audience. Well, kind of that, right? But it was, but I can, but it, but it changed. Like sometimes it was a guy, sometimes it was a woman, sometimes it was a mom, sometimes it was, you know, sometimes it was like a 21 year old kid, but they all had something in common. And the thing they had in common was they felt as if there was something about them that, that wasn't quite the way it was supposed to be. Right, yeah. And I just wrote my book from that perspective. Like, this is who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people that feel as if other people are going to do it, but they're not, and they can't. And there's something about them that, you know, they, they've never been able to resolve. And so I just I just pushed the book right into the back of their teeth. And and it's and it's kind of you know it is look in in, their, in this kind of category this self help category or self growth category or personal development category you, to me there's there's a handful of different kinds of people that operate in that domain yeah to me to me there's the ones who are very much after the spiritual stroke metaphysical message. And, and there's some value in it, but it, I'm not sure how much of a massive difference it makes to somebody when their marriage is in trouble or they're about to go bankrupt. Um, and then there's the people who are like purely motivational, right? Who are just do it, do it, do it. You can do it, you know. And if you and if you look at a lot of the internet stuff, that's what's out there. And I do say those things, but I like to think there's a little weight behind what I'm saying. And then, and then there's another category, which is the people who have had some success in their life and they have gone into this field to explain how they did it mm. so that you might do it yourself, yeah. right? Which ends up being completely toothless, mm. right? Because it's all coming from a very particular view of life, right? And I don't have their view of life. I don't see it the way well, they see it. It's a particular view of life based on a particular set of circumstances and situations, isn't it? Yeah. So, so um, I, I kind of like to put myself in the middle of all of that. So I like to say, well, I've got all the training and the development and I, I'm very aware and very um, in tune with the kinds of philosophies that people use to expand themselves. I also know that as a human being, you can end up picking fluff out your belly button with that stuff for 20 years yeah. and not change your life and end up kind of anesthetized to your, to your life. Yeah. And so, so I'm kind of like a, a little bit of a drill sergeant for those people. What do you think that is? Like, why do you think a lot of people get into that trap where they just, 
you know, like picking the fluff out of your belly button where they just, you know, read the information but never really take any action on it or never do anything with it? I think it's it all comes down to the same thing for me with human beings. Um, we want to feel better. That's, an, that's the first thing. We want to feel better. So a lot of people do this work to feel better. And then, and then it's, or certainly feel different than the way we currently feel. Yeah. And then, and then the other part is we avoid the risk and the uncertainty of what it takes to actually change your life. So yeah, wrong. big one. People would rather be miserable than deal with what they need to deal with to actually be happy. And I know that sounds like weird as all hell, but then it's the only thing that explains twenty-year marriages are terrible, careers that people hate. Houses that people can't stand, locations that people can't stand, dreams that people have given up on. They would rather stick with what, and, and I assert that's where people live. People live in the crosshairs between between safety and uncertainty. But but eventually, for the most part, anyway, siding with safety because uncertainty exposes something that 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 we just don't want to get exposed challenges us in some way and that's just acceptance isn't it i mean i would refer to it as sort of just accepting things as it is and and thinking there is no other option yeah i mean you know one of the things that I've, i've i've been a proponent of for a long time is you have to realize that if you want to be successful in life you have to take this version of who you are with you it's not going anywhere and the, the more you try and change who you are, the more you'll actually keep it in place. I don't focus on changing the way I turned out. I focus, I bring all my attention, all of my presence to demonstrating who I say I am and, and having my life be a reflection of that. Now, that's risky and challenging and you need to be vulnerable and I'm having to say things that I wouldn't say by default, do things that I wouldn't do by default. But I, but I live my life in the gap between how I've turned out and who I would say I am. Hmm. And those are not the same thing. They're not the same. And it's and sometimes it can be very painful, very um, very exposed and open to like judgment and ridicule and you know all that kind of stuff. But I, but I'd, I'd much rather do that than live a life governed by the way that I've turned out. Yeah. Mm. So I'm just taking some notes. Yeah. So your your approach to, to coaching and, and, you know, encouraging people um, to change their life, um, do you focus on those people that want to change? I mean, do you go after people that... Um, perhaps they don't even know that they want to change or do you only sort of address the people that have already realized that, yeah, this isn't for me and and I want want to do something about it, but I need the support. I've I've done work, lots of work with people who didn't know they had a want in a certain area and worked with them to reveal it. It's, it's, It's just really too time consuming and too much of a pain in the ass for me to struggle for somebody's greatness when they're not struggling for it. And they're not ready for it first. Just give us a sec, Gary. Sorry, mate, my kids have just woken up. Oh, I get it, man. I got three of them. At, uh, yeah, extra early this morning, so never <laughs> never know when they'll wake up. But uh, anyway, let's keep going. So sorry, where were we? All right, so, um, so anyway, we were talking about this whole aspect of you know people that want to work with you or want to work on something and so um one of the kind of basic fundamentals uh, that i lay down for my clients before we start is i say if there's any point where i want this more than you do our relationship's over yeah so it's up to you to generate it i'll guide but i'm i'm listening for you even when you know, because I'll say to a client, I've got clients who resist things, and I've had clients who resist things. The only thing I ask them of them is, while you're resisting, doesn't mean to say, just because you're resisting something or pushing back against something, doesn't mean to say you can't bring yourself to it. Yeah. So I have them, I have them keep bringing themselves to it. And I've got clients who, you know, I've lost count the amount of times I've had clients say to me, I so did not want to pick up the phone to you today. Because I just know what we're going to talk about, 
And I say, good. Thanks for doing that. Now let's crack on. Yeah. Yeah. And we we handle what they didn't want to handle, what they didn't want. You know, there's a a thing about living an authentic an authentic life, which includes some kind of freedom. I assert. Um, and if you if you're going to live an authentic life, you must at some point come to terms with two things. You must come to terms with one, who you've been and how you got here. So that's all of that. And then the second thing you need to you need to come to terms with is your own identity, your own personality, and you need to come to terms with it. And you, and because when you come to terms with those things. It, you're now presented with the opportunity of living a life not given by those things. Yeah. So true freedom isn't in what one says or isn't really in what one feels. True freedom is when you can act in a way that conflicts with what you would typically do or what you would do by default. Those are the moments where you're actually intervening with your own persona, your own personality, and you're actually taking your life in a direction that's not the pathway that your persona or your personality would want. Hmm. So you talk about, you know, a lot of people um, are are already a miracle when they just don't realize it or something like that. And that can scare a lot of people, that sort of talk where you say, you know, everyone's amazing, brilliant, miracle, whatever. Um, Yeah. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, it's, it's two-pronged, right? The first thing you need to get is you're an asshole. <laughs> right, eh? <laughs> so you need to get that first. Why do I need to get that first? Because that's who's in charge of the miracle. Yeah, yeah. And the asshole is trashed it. And the asshole is diminished it and narrowed it yeah. and made it shallow and petty and when I say you're a miracle, I say you're a miracle of being. So that is, you're a human being. Yeah. And you have this amazing, magical, fantastical capacity to be. Yeah. To be, to be whatever, to be loving, to be compassionate, to be forgiving, to be accepting, to be understanding, to be robust, to be adventurous, to be bold. And those that are available to you. And you've got kids, by the way. How, how, how old is your youngest kid, Lee? Two and five now. All right, all right, perfect. So you got a two-year-old. If you want your two-year-old be, man, yeah. they're like the full spectrum of being. They can do more ways of being in 30 seconds than you can pull off in a week. Hmm. I mean, they can go from this state to that state to that state to this state to this state. I mean, if your two-year-old's pissed off, you can go over there and tickle their tummy and they'll turn it around in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Try, try doing that with your mom. Yeah. Right, won't go well. Hmm. Because your mom or your dad or you or all the other adults around you have become a very distinct way of being. Yeah, yeah. And you've forgotten that you're this miraculous spectrum of being. And what I want people to do is to get back in touch with it. They have the ability because people live very circumstantial lives. We're working hard on our circumstances to change the ways that we be. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, you've got your attention on all the wrong stuff. You need to get your attention on the ways that you be. In fact, that'll really empower you to deal with your circumstances. And and that's really like the addiction that we have as human beings. It's like, if I change my life, then somehow I'll be different. Yeah. And I say, no. I mean, you know, if somebody... Your experience of life is subjective. Yeah. It's not an objective reality. It's a subjective reality. You don't deal with life. You deal with how you think life is going. Mm. And those aren't. that's not the same thing. You're not. You're not. I mean, if you listen to two people argue, and if you get below the argument, you'll actually see they're arguing about two different things. Yeah, yeah. Now, it seems they're arguing over the dishes. But they're not. One's arguing about being appreciated and the other one's arguing about not being heard. <laughs> but it seems like it's dashies. <laughs> yeah, I think or, we, um, you know, it's just a case of conditioning, isn't it? We grow up and we get conditioned to be a certain way and that stops us from really, um, you know, exploring that, that miracle of being and, and really 
opening up to that, and I think we it just well, blocks out everything. It's a it's a self sabotage that we sort of started this conversation off with. Yeah, we're we're we are survival mechanisms. We are designed to survive. Unfortunately, we're surviving things like our marriages, yeah, yeah. or careers, or, or our businesses, or or. Or, or dreams, we're surviving our dreams. We're, you know, like writing a book or painting a picture or sculpting a piece of clay or casting bronze and surviving it. Yeah. Hey, mate, just give me a sec. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by my kids. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, sure. No problem. Sorry. Not at all. I, it's, exa- it's exactly the same as my life. My, I've got a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And it's, I've done, like, interviews with people on live radio and my three-year-old's, like, banging on the door shouting, Daddy, let me in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to concentrate when you've got your kids there and you're just sort of aware of that noise uh, that's <laughs> no. probably coming through and interrupting uh, our conversation, but um, also interrupting my thoughts. So right. uh, we're back there. We're live. They're settled there out into the other room. So, um, yeah, so that that whole inner miracle and, and tapping into that that's that self-sabotage, I guess, and trying to remove, uh, yeah. trying to get out of our own way, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, if you, if you lived your life, if, you, if, if one looked at one's life from the perspective of just the physical actions, okay, now, it's really challenging for a human being to do that because every action you take comes with a narrative. Okay, so I mean every action you take comes with a narrative. Okay. I mean, literally in the last minute, you stood up, walked to another room and came back. Yeah. That's all that happened, yeah. right? But in your mind, there was way more to it than that. Hmm. Right, now, if you consider that every moment of every day, it's just like that, like you're just acting, but what you're mostly guided by isn't your own actions, but rather your narrative. So when I say to people, there is no obstacle between you and what you want to do, if you would only just keep your eye on the doing part and train yourself to set aside the narrative, because the narrative isn't really designed for your expansion your narrative is designed for your survival. So it's about identifying threats and adjusting behaviors, identifying threats, adjusting behaviors. That's why writing a book is challenging because it's a threat. Threat of what? Threat of being vulnerable, being exposed, being judged. It's a threat. The reality is you're just writing a book for the love of God, right? Mm. And if you could just get, well... You know, I'm going to write this book, and I'm going to write another book. And I'm going to write. I'm just going to keep writing books until something hits. You know, somebody picks one up and goes, "Oh, this is awesome!" And you know, I go from there. Um, or I'm going to, I'm going to add three people to my client list this week, and then one might say to oneself, well, "I don't even know how to do that." Well, that might be the first thing you need to work out this week: how to do that. How do I add three people to my client list? If you stay connected to the actions, if you actually look at what it takes, and I'll use that as, as a coach, adding a client to your client list, there's a formula to it. There's literally like, it's like selling houses. You need to have X number of conversations that will result in two people interested, and one of those might become a client. Yep. There is a formula to it. Mm. But it stuck to it that way, just like, well, let me work out what is the formula, let me identify what's the formula, and then I'll just work that thing. And then along that process, there'll be a lot of internal dialogue about how it's going. You'll be more weighed down by the dialogue about how it's going than how it's actually going. Yeah. Um, and and if, if you got, like, the only barrier to what you want to do is what you say to yourself. There's, there's no other barrier out there. So it's that narrative, no and you, you hear that all the time when you say, you know, you can do what, whatever you like, and a lot of people, when when they hear those sort of words, they just go, oh, yeah, whatever, that's okay for him because he's got X, Y, Z, uh, you know, sorted out or whatever. Well, it sounds like a complete crock. That's why, because then people say, well, I've no money, and, you know, we say all the all the things that people usually say. No money, don't have any training, not experienced, blah, blah, blah. Right, 
it's all about what you don't have rather than well what you know well what can I put out or what can I produce or what is the training I do need to get and I need to get on with that right now and start doing it and I want you to get this Lee I am not what you would call a motivated man some people are really motivated those people just make me want to barf you know I'm like holy crap you know, they like get out their bed in the morning and do like 30 push-ups and then they're off running down the street for 16 miles. I'm not doing that. I'm like falling down the stairs and crawling towards the coffee pot. <laughs> you know, I am not a motivated human being. I'm not one of those people with that kind of motivation as a self-expression. That doesn't exist for me naturally, like intuitively, like I can just turn to that. I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I have self-doubt that's as deep as an ocean, and and I question myself constantly. And I, and I have an internal dialogue that every day I say to myself, "I'm never going to make it." But I, but I just include it. I'm just like, "All right, well, there it is." And I just keep doing what I said I would do. So you sort of hear it and listen to it and accept that it's there, and then sort of don't let that stop you, however, from doing what you may need to do. I mean, I, you know, there's a part of existentialism called the absurdity. And um, it's absurd. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting on in my kitchen, drinking a cup of coffee, telling myself I'm never going to make it. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm just having a cup of coffee right now. I'm not going to make what? The creamer? What's, you know, what? But it's just this never-ending dialogue, or it might be, for other people, a really common one is, uh, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not loved enough, yeah. or, you know, whatever the whatever kind of the little ticking time bomb is, and everybody's got one, um, and the more sucky your life gets, the louder it gets, and then when life goes pretty well, it gets quieter again. But it comes back. It doesn't go away. Mm. So that self-deprecating noise, it, it has a purpose. Its design is to compel you to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. That's the design of it. So it, it's not – and that's why it's kind of – when I say to people, why are you trying to get that to go away? You don't want to get that to go away. It's like, a, it's like getting bitten by a mosquito. The answer to a mosquito bite is not scratching it. You don't like get bitten by a mosquito and say, let me scratch this, that'll make it go away. No, the answer to a mosquito bite is acknowledging it and then doing something else. Well, that's the same with your So is that doing something else, you know, to avoid it from happening again? Well, um, no, I'm, see, I don't, I'm, I'm not in that kind of struggle with my own internal dialogue. It's not going anywhere. It's like, it, it's just there. It's like my heart beating what I've come your narrative would would change like through your experience like hasn't your narrative already since you started personal transformation changed just out of you yeah. know the knowledge and information you now have no 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 well I'll tell you what's changed I can see it for what it is and I'm at peace with it and I'm not trying to make it do anything I don't it used to have such a negative impact on me oh yeah I used to get desperate you know, I'd get really um, down on myself and, you know, it was horrible, you know, very deflated. Now I just see it and it's and, I, and it's just absurd, man. And, and look, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not like Tony Robbins or something and like flying around and swanning around in my big jet or something. I'm a fairly, you know, live a pretty regular life. I don't do anything really that remarkable. I spend most of my time in my office reading, writing, and talking to people. Yeah. But um, but no, I have a very... About that was, narrative, that, that story, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's really something that I have to think about after this interview now, but I, I, I feel it does change through, through the experiences we have. And, and yeah. for me personally, I sort of think the narrative in my head yeah there's there's still a lot of that stuff like my self-doubt and lack of confidence that um is is there often and, and yeah an awareness um allows me to sort of not let it impact my life but i think a lot yeah. of it has at the same time changed as well and and the story well, isn't exactly the same well here's what i would assert you've done you've turned your attention to something else 
you filled your brain with something else. So there's but, a, that but, story is still there, but I'm just now looking at another story. Not, yeah, you're not scratching the bite. I mean, look, there's a, there's neuroscience. Will tell. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I do have Google. I know a couple of neuroscientists. Actually. But anyway, um, your brain can only entertain a thought at a time. Right? So there's lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Right? There's lots of stuff going on in your brain. But you, a thought is like a piece of string. So it follows from one end of the piece of string to the other end of the piece of string. So that's why that whole thing for like being someone who can do two things at one time, you know, you can't, right? You actually can't do that. Your brain can't hold two thoughts simultaneously. It can do one and then it flips to another and then flips to another and it can do it really fast over lots of different thoughts but not two at the same time. And also, if you think about this, if you think about the, what a thought is, it is a string. If you think of like your favorite song, for instance, you can't hold the whole song in your head like it's all there. It's like a bit and then the next bit and then the next bit and the next bit. So it's a string. So if you're having a string of thought like I suck, then it stands to reason if you introduce another thought, an authentic, something you're genuinely curious about and interested in, and you follow that thought, then that first thought is no longer in use. Yeah. And neuroscience so sort of suggests that that's how the brain works. We create all these strings, and those strings never go away. We just create new strings, or new paths, we call them. And then look, if you, if you hit the wall in your life, those old patterns will be back like a snarling train across the surface of your brain. Hmm. And they'll be back. You, you know, it's like if you wake up one morning and lose everything, if you wake up one morning and, you know, your house burns to the ground or whatever the heck it might be, anything, and it's for anybody, or you lose your job or you lose your business or your husband leaves you or whatever, all of those negative thoughts, well, they'll all be there, and they're supposed to be there. Why are they supposed to be there? Because what's go- what happens with those negative thoughts, and this is the part that people can't get, it serves a purpose. What's the purpose? It brings my personality to life. So it makes my personality get me out of it. Mm. So your automatic you kicks in, and you'll get yourself out of it. Yeah. So you'll 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 be in that kind of negative narrative, and if you're if you're someone who part of your persona or your personality is maybe being positive or having a positive outlook, then you'll go down that negative thing, and then boom, you'll put you'll kind of see the bright side and get yourself out of it. If your personality is one of being hardworking, there you'll be. You'll go down that pathway of like negativity or that BS. And then you'll grind it out. You'll get yourself out of it. If your personality is something like being analytical, you'll go down that pathway and you'll be in and in and in and that. And then you'll analyze the crap out of it and get yourself out of it. Your personality is designed to kind of, there's this kind of yin-yang thing going on between you. I like to call it the peaks and the valleys, the valleys of self-doubt, self-deprecation, and the peaks of your persona pulling you out of it. Yeah. Hmm. What, um... We, we talked about, you know, the inner miracle of, of you know, just you being who you are. Um, what, what, I mean, we all seem to be caught up with this idea that we, we can be someone, you know, fantastic and great and we're surrounded by all these role models and mentors and heroes. And, um, yeah. you know, how, how do you just come to accept that it's okay to be, you know, normal and average or, or you know, just as you are um, rather than trying to, you know, just fight throughout life, which I think causes a lot of your, your – well, I can, right? I mean, I think if you ask most people in personal development, they're doing it so that they can overcome the way they've turned out. Mm. I say to people, the way you've turned out is the way you've turned out. It's fine. But to start to relate yourself to yourself and your life more like an experiment. And that it's your job to experiment with what you've gotten. And to play the game with this thing and to see what you can deal with it. And it's like you're a, it's like you're the Philharmonic Orchestra, but you're living the life of a busker on the high street. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's important to, to do that, and I think that comes down with, with growth, progression, and you know, just continuing to, to learn um, and experience a life in, in a way that you want to do. But yeah, we still get held up on this thing that I'm not enough, and um, right. I'm going to try and be someone else and be more than I that I am or that I want to be. And we hold ourselves to this expectation, and when we don't meet that expectation, we get um, you know sort of further yeah. agitated and pissed off with life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 look, you know, I've I've, pre- I've presented this idea to people about the miracle of being, and and look, people are so fundamentally resigned that when I say it, they think I'm full of shit. So they're talking to me like I'm the one who doesn't see reality. And the point I'm making to them is, no, that's actually you. You're the one stuck in a matrix of how you've turned out. And you see life in a very distinct way. And until you're, you, you've got two choices in life, you're going to do the work to try and see things in a new way, or you're going to do the work to act in a new way. Either way, you can change your life, but you got to do one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good message, um, you know, for everyone listening. If you if you want to do do something about it, you can change it, or you can just continue the way you are. Um, and that you know the Matrix. I'm just reading a book now that talked about you know taking the blue pill or the red pill. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's it. You know, take take the red pill, wake up, and and you know just try and experiment with the the time, the life that you have as much as you want, and yeah. and see see what you can do with it. And yeah. the reality is moldable. Like it's it's. Um, <laughs> That's well, just something that I've learned anyway. For my sci-fi buffs, I like to put it to them this way. You are both the Matrix and the Rebels. And the what? The Rattles? The Rebels. Oh, the Rebels, yeah. So the Rebels are the ones who are fighting against the Matrix, and I want people to get you are both of those things. Yeah, right. So is that <laughs> is that the, the, the part of of being aware and also being the your own, I don't know, well, awareness is funny. We, you know, people confuse awareness with knowing something. So, yeah, I have a very isn't knowledge. Then it certainly isn't. But I have a one. I have a really simple way of pointing to awareness. If what you're aware of isn't changing your life, you're not aware of it. Yeah. And if and if what you're aware of has changed your life, that's an awareness of yours. Yeah. Okay. Pretty simple. Cool. So, what would um, I want to ask you a few questions? I ask all guests that come on the show. Before we get there, is there anything else you want to mention about the book, or, or you know, who who the book's suitable for, and why they should pick yeah. up a copy? I'll stick a link in the show notes, guys, so you can go to thehiddenwhy.com and, and check it out and pick up a copy. Yeah, I think in really simple terms, who the book is for is for anybody who feels like they're stuck, plateaued, or they need a wake up call. They need to like a, they need to kind of. One of those kind of in the, in the mirror kind of moments in life where they look at themselves and come to terms with how they're screwing themselves over. Mm. So the book's definitely for those people. And it's for people who feel like they're failing or people who feel like they're winning but they're not fulfilled. Um, you know, I really, I've really, my intention has been to get to the heart of people's everyday lives and, and kind of jolt them into taking different actions than they would typically. Yeah. No, it sounds like a cool read. You'll have to send me a copy or get your publishers to send me one. I don't think I've got one yet. So, um, I'll definitely do that, Lee. You can just look out for that one in the mail. To put one over. I'll, um, I read and review books every week on my show on Friday. So, uh, yeah, it'll be certainly one that's suitable for the audience and definitely aligned with get- the, the theme of the podcast as well. So that's what we're all about is shaking things up and disrupting life and trying to figure Good. out how to uh, live it more fully. Good. Hey, uh, so these questions, let's get into them. The first one is, what is your meaning of success? Um, it's a moving target. So for me, it's very, it's, 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 uh, very simple. It's being used up by something greater than myself. Being used up by something greater than yourself. Okay. And what is yeah. your 20-year-old a bit of advice? The, the advice you'd give your 20-year-old self, sorry. Relax. I like that one too. I think that comes with old age or what? <laughs> I think so. I think you just got to realize the thing, we're in such a headlong rush to get there that, and then at some point we realize we were already there. Yeah. 
I think yeah, your priorities change, and as I look at you know just being more purposeful with your life, the things that I used to worry about and stress about and yeah, just freaking cause discomfort to my life are, are things now. I just I don't I don't care. They're not yeah. important, um, and it's it's just more purposeful. It's doing living my life more purposefully. Yeah. Um, so relax is a good one. What uh, rituals or routines do you have that you believe contribute to your success? I do what I I. It's really simple. I keep my promises to myself consistently. Yeah. Um, if you if you spent a month and all you did was keep your promises to yourself, it would transform your entire life. I think it's it's so that discipline um, is so powerful. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Mm. Yeah, and, and by the way, the power isn't people look at it as kind of like in terms of discipline or willpower or something. You have a relationship to your own promises, and there's and it's a very distinct kind of relationship. There's a nature to it, and that's what one needs to work on. You don't need to work on keeping the promises. You actually need to work on what is the relationship that I have to a promise when I make it to myself. What is that? Yeah. And identifying it, and then building it, and it has this kind of cumulative nature to it the more you keep your promises to yourself the more empowered you get and the more empowered you get the more productive and effective you get it's 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 for me i'd describe it as liberating you know it's self-liberating yeah Mm. Yeah, sure what um have you got a piece of productivity advice something that you do that helps you be more effective in your day it comes back to the promises thing um but you know what i'm willing to risk so um I'm willing to have a thought and share it with people and have it shot down as either old news or bullshit. And so um, I've really become, you know, something that has me be really effective in life is my willingness to go beyond where I've gotten myself. Yeah, okay. And anyone looking to make some change in their life, whatever that might be, what would your first bit of advice be? Yeah, identify it. So identify the change you're out to make and write and really identify it and then get really straight with yourself. And you should be writing it all down, by the way. That's how I recommend this to be all right, all done. What's it going to take for you to do it? Really, right? And how long is it going to take? And then what, what do you typically do when you turn your back on things that you set out to change? And you identify all of that and you see it on a piece of paper and then set a date by when you're going to have it done and, and again one item at a time start daily building actions taking actions that are consistent with that future that are consistent with the change you're out to have yeah good advice mate have you got a favorite food um yeah pizza but i'm i'm not supposed to eat it i'm going to end up the size of a blue whale so no you don't look that big Love pizza. I'm not a big guy, but still, you know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to look like my father. <laughs> what uh, do you have a favorite leisure activity to counteract all that pizza? Um, I believe it or not, um, no, I don't. I used to have, I, I used to play soccer or football, as I call it. But I used to play that game like a maniac up until my late thirties. But now I watch it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big guy, but I, I'm, I'm. I'm always on the move, but uh, but I'm not one for like I don't meditate, I don't you know run, I don't I don't do any of those physical activities. But I'm always moving. I mean, I'm, I think I walk like fifteen to twenty thousand paces a day. I'm always on my feet. Always moving, cool. Well, that's good, uh, and that'll keep yeah. you keep you alive longer. What is yeah. your favorite book or one that you'd like to recommend that you've perhaps recently read? Oh my gosh, um, that's a great question. I mean, I could go for the classics like To Kill a Mockingbird or Shakespeare. Shakespeare, by the way, is some of the most transformational shit you'll ever read in your life. You know, um, there's a line from that I'm always reminded of, and it said, To thine own self be true, and it must follow, as night must follow day, those can't not then be false to any man. Which is basically Shakespeare saying, be authentic, just be yourself. Okay, can you Don't. repeat that? Yeah. To thine own self be true, and as night must follow day, those canst not then be false to any man. 
So if you're just true to yourself, you don't have to pretend to be anybody else to anybody. Mm, nice. uh, and, and there's so much great, just brilliant, 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 like transformational pieces and 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 like and Macbeth, what he talks about life is meaningless. And anyway, but um, but I but you know recently I've been I read a book by that guy's name Simon. Simon Sinek. I forget. No, and no, he's an English guy. And uh, the book is called Think, hmm. which was really good. And then there's a brilliant book that I read by a neuroscientist. It's called uh, On Intelligence, which is a really good book on how your brain works. All right, I'll stick both of those in the show notes and the one by yourself as well. And I'll uh, use that quote as your quote as well. So um, I, usually, right, I usually open the show with a quote um, from the guest, so that'll be perfect. Do you believe we all have a why? Um, I believe I, I don't know if it's there I don't know if it's there already there I think we all have like we all have this kind of yearning to be used for something and when we do identify it yeah, and it, and I really believe it can change but, but when we but when something resonates with us that kind of that experience of oneself comes to life, and it's pretty unstoppable. I've just got my daughter coming in. She wants to say hello by the sounds of it. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we might uh, wrap it up there, I think, but um, how, can best, how can people best get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on my website, garyjohnbishop.com. You can find me on Facebook, Gary John Bishop. We've got about 220,000 followers or something on there now. Um, we go, and you can find me on Twitter, at Gary John Bishop, on Instagram, at Gary John Bishop. I do free videos. I do lots of little quotes and, you know, written pieces and, you know, podcasts and stuff like that too. So, yeah, you can, uh, you can find me on all of those spots. Mate, I'll stick all the links in the show notes. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And, and uh, yeah, do send me a copy of your book. I'd love to review it for the show. It sounds like a great read. So, guys, um, check it out at thehiddenwide.com. All the links will be in the show notes so you can uh, have a look. And, Gary, I apologize for the – and for those of you listening – for the uh, interruptions this morning. But uh, I think that, that is a part of it. All right, Lee. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Let's connect again. Hey, Gary, thank you. Sorry, Gary. Thank you. Guys, until next time, you know what to do. Peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin Utsi. until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon